When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I just wanted to take the two of you and all of the rest of our listeners on a journey through the morning of a Taylor Swift fan on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071 Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Okay. So I actually, so this actually for me starts over this past weekend when I was on social media and saw that somebody leaked a potential list of tour dates uh, for Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. And I thought, okay, well, this is oddly, like, these are, like, oddly specific, uh, the dates and, like, who she's going to be with at each stop on the tour. So I just put it on our calendar. I literally put down Taylor on June 24th because that's what this leaked list said. Okay. Little did we know, uh, this morning was the morning that she actually did announce that she will be going on tour. She has uh, dates set in the United States, but she has not set some international dates, but she has plans to go everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So in order to get these tickets, the the, the, the pre-sales start on oh, November God. 15th. There's all these like, I know. levels of H-E double hockey sticks. Right. And so I, and I, and I'll be, well, I'll tell you in a second how annoyed I actually am, but here's what happened. So it says, here's the list of dates, which I'm going to stick a pin in because there's something interesting about the list of dates that I would like to talk about. All right. Interesting list of dates. We'll get there. But you have to go on to Ticketmaster, become a verified fan. Of course. Which we did this for Bruce Springsteen. I know you did this for Adele. Yeah. Like we've done this for other things, but okay, fine. I'll jump through that hoop. Yeah. And that's all supposed to be there so that you don't. So that bots can't do the work and get supposed a hold of things. To be. Supposed to be. Supposed to be. So you have until November 9th to become a verified fan. Okay. Uh, and they say very clearly on the Ticketmaster website that when you do this, that or like at what point you do this, it's not like verified fans are only being awarded to the earliest to do it. It doesn't matter when you do it. It actually says uh, something here. The line... The time at which you register does not matter as long as it is before Wednesday, November 9th at 11. So you don't have to like PM. crash the website. Thank you. Guess what happened? They crashed the website in a matter of it left me wondering who is getting through because at first I got to Ticketmaster. I put my sign in information and then it just like gave me the swirl, the swirl, the okay. swirl, the swirl, the swirl, the swirl of death. I said to my husband, are you getting the swirl? He's like, I'm in the swirl. We're in the swirl. We're in the swirl. That's then, we're all just in the swirl, man. Then you updated it. Like about an hour later, I tried to update the site and it just said to me, 
uh, this site is not available at this time. No. And I'm like, okay, what, what, what? Now I'd like to show you. I have I, right before the show started. We're kind of running an experiment right now. At about a, what Holly? What time would you say I started this? Like what? Eleven forty-five. Yeah, I got in line. Okay. So now I am in line. You look like you're about a third of the way there. Yes, and it literally has a human being <laughs> that is slowly walking along the line. I'm in the line to register. Who knows how long? And it doesn't tell you how long the estimated wait is. But here I am waiting. <sighs> well, it's because they know you're going to do. I mean, like y- y- this is all baked in. They it, want you to be, you know, like how committed are you? The really sad thing is going to come when if it's similar to what happened for Adele, where it's not going to matter because then it's just going to be a free for all. Once you get in and the one thing I think is a ray of hope for you as a Taylor Swift fan is you told me that she's not doing dynamic pricing. Variety confirmed that for the, by the way, it's called the Eras Tour. Don't even get me started on that. I, I didn't quite understand that when I for I was like what is an Eros tour no oh I'm not I'm smart okay. it's fine uh no, variety, you're not saying Eros like E-R-O right, you're saying no, it's, E-R-A it's eras yeah, yeah. yeah. the equal rights amendment yeah I mean. exactly yeah. yeah uh variety confirmed that for the Eras tour Taylor Swift is to avoid is to avoiding the is avoiding <laughs> the variably priced platinum ticket system and has announced prices beforehand so it sounds like dynamic pricing will not be at hand at, Good. in play because that's the thing that like even though we got in early we were verified mm-hmm. we were pre-sale we were super fans we were like Adele's best friends mm-hmm. it mattered not because once we got in and everybody started going for tickets they're like oh there's 80 people looking for tickets let's bump this ticket price up real quick and then oh okay well I'm not spending $800 a ticket okay which that is an actual reality. Like people actually were spending that kind of money. Oh, yeah. Taylor, as as pre, like presale. Yeah. Tickets. Which is ridiculous. Taylor wants us to know her tickets will run from $49 to $449, which is still a lot. That's a lot, but that's not terrible. No. no. With VIP packages starting at $199 yeah, on a first come seems, first serve basis. That seems perfectly plausible yeah. and relatable. I mean, here's the thing with Taylor Swift. She can afford it. The woman has all 10 on the Billboard Top 10 right? or Top 100, whatever it is. Like, she can price it at $5 and she'll make a mint. Yeah. She's right? going to be okay. Yeah. Now, remember I said that there was something that I found interesting about the dates. Yeah. Interesting. 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 What did you learn? Well, what I find interesting about it, and I noticed this and realized this when I saw the leaked list, which, by the way, not oddly, uh, by the way, the leaked list was exactly what ended up coming out on. Oh, so it was legit. it, It apparently was legit. It looked like a Word doc. It was so bizarre. But here's what the dates look like that I find interesting. Okay. She goes, there are a few places that have two tour dates uh, back to back. So like, for example, her first one is the first one that she does more than one night is in Arlington, Texas. And she's got April 1st and April 2nd. But then she doesn't have another show until the 15th in Tampa. So there's always at least a week, sometimes two, in between her shows. Okay. Which to me means there's a possibility 
that she will be adding shows. Oh, for sure. I was going to say. Yeah. And I, I even said like, okay, so for example, how about this? Listen to this. She is in uh, Las Vegas. Is she in Las Vegas? Yes. On the 25th of March. And I thought, I wonder if she's going to do more dates around that. Like if she's going to try to spin out a residency in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. Could be. Right. But at, at the very least, I mean, that's where my mind totally went was like, oh, she's just going to pad in some extra dates once she sells out for these. Yeah. And she will. Yep. She'll just add more dates because she can. So that's what I want people to be hopeful about. If you're having a hard time. Last time she was here for the reputation tour, she did two dates. Yeah. That That's a very normal thing. But I wonder if she didn't pat it enough that she can even add more than one date. But for example, like Harry Styles, um, he did, I think he did like, he did a bunch of dates. He was just in Chicago. I know this because Jamie went to see him. He did a, like, I was like, oh, you saw him on, uh, or I, I just referenced something as if he was only there one or two nights. He's like, oh no, he did a bunch of nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that it makes total sense that Taylor Swift, most prolific pop star yeah. on the planet likely needs more room yeah I mean, and everybody she's gonna she's gonna take it yeah yeah i mean she might not do the garth brooks maneuver you know where she's doing like how many nights did he do when he was here oh i don't even remember, remember. Like everybody it was, a was lot. like you want to go to garth yeah. brooks you go to garth and it was brooks. literally we'll like garth brooks. every night there was a whole new group of people going yeah. to see garth brooks and this is a concert trend that lots of people are pointing to that yeah. big stars like taylor swift and harry styles are going to be doing more dates in fewer cities. Yeah. Yeah, which I actually think, like, good for them in terms of, like, their own personal health. I think that's got to be a lot to be traveling that much and popping up in different places. And they make the same amount of money, probably, doing it this way. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, she's going to be here on uh, June 24th. That's... Maybe I said some unkind words this morning when I when uh, Taylor Swift decided to come here during baseball season. That doesn't work for my schedule. Yeah, so something tells me you'll make it happen. Well, mm-hmm. something's going to happen because she's also going to be in other places that are close enough. They're driving distance if you're a committed fan, right? So she'll be in uh, Kansas City. She'll be in uh, Chicago. She'll be places near enough that if you needed to if you wanted to drive to see her you yeah. could on a different date. Oh, I'm sure there are people who are currently planning their around the United States travel for each one of those concerts. Literally just got yeah. a text from my husband that said we need to talk when you get home about what our Taylor Swift strategy is. I'm yeah. not joking. Yeah. So you is- have to. I mean, we when we uh were doing Adele, uh I should say my partner because I think we were on the air when her tickets went live. He was like, we need to talk about what we're comfortable with mm-hmm. because I don't want to get in there. And then all of a sudden it's like, do we want to do this? Yeah. Because we're just going to have to pounce. Yeah, you have to be ready to did. move. So and get we... your strategy started. Yeah. And uh, yes, I'm still in line. I have moved, though, in the conversation. I'm, all right. I'm looking like How I'm getting. How closer are you? I'm... Oh, you're actually almost in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck. Keep walking. Thanks. What happens when you get in? I don't know yet. Great. Sounds fun. She's going to sneeze. Bless you. Oh, excuse me. I'm allergic to success. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, apparently, uh, we've got to talk about this TikToker's response to Caitlyn Jenner. Yes, queen. We're going to do that after this on My Talk 107.1. Well, we have to talk about 
a fantastic social media response to Caitlyn Jenner on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Uh, so sing it. Get into it. Yes. So, Bradley, uh, lead us through. Guide us through. Um, I would like to do that. And um yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't know if you guys follow Dylan Mulvaney on TikTok. Mm-mm. I don't I'm not a TikTok You're follower. Not a TikTok-a. I di- I'm a TikTok dipper. Have you heard of this story about Dylan Mulvaney yes. and Caitlyn Jenner? Yes. Mainly because I have seen some of the things Caitlyn Jenner has been saying. Yeah, mm, I'm not here for it, Mm -mm. but I am here for Dylan Mulvaney and her response. There's a piece in Rolling Stone where they say Dylan Mulvaney gives a master class in grace after Caitlyn Jenner's transphobic comments. So basically, and we don't need to relitigate the whole thing. I just want to point out that I'm uh, sort of I'm I'm just in awe of Dylan Mulvaney's ability to talk directly through the camera to Caitlyn Jenner following some really just gross and hateful Mm -hmm. speech that Caitlyn Jenner launched her way. And, um, you know, I, I, first of all, I wanted to play audio. We, we can't play audio. And I also had a hard time trying to figure out like what part of her response we could play to sort of make the best point. But Mm -hmm. I want to tell you that Dylan Mulvaney is a trans uh, gender TikToker, and, One of her TikToks went viral, I would argue, for all the wrong reasons and really for transphobic reasons and harmful reasons by a politician. And that led Caitlyn Jenner to respond Mm -hmm. and sort of um, throw weirdly just do things that I think we all can agree are not helpful Mm -hmm. and at least and at worst transphobic. Mm -hmm. And coming from a trans person, that's just like that had to be. Mm. It, it it didn't have to be. It is, according to Dylan, just a very like shocking thing to right. to receive. Right, and I think that uh, people who were watching from the outside also felt that conflict. I mean, she she obviously felt like you know she was being targeted. Yeah. But people from the outside were having a similar critique of Caitlyn Jenner's perspective on the matter, being a trans person person herself having the opinions, holding the opinions she was holding, it's there's some cognitive dissonance. Yes, and honestly, I will say as a person, I don't know that I would have been able to craft uh, the response that Dylan crafted to Caitlyn Jenner. And again, I think everybody should watch it because it will give you the lesson in, oh, or it gave me anyway, a lesson in, you know, Rolling Stone calls it grace. I would just call it like, speaking through the emotion mm. of you know that Dylan had to be feeling all sorts of emotions when someone like Caitlyn Jenner calls you out mm-hmm. and um misgenders you Caitlyn referred to Dylan as a he and like just got really personal and ugly in a way that was just bizarre and shocking and really unfortunate but her ability and again that's what I want to focus on is her response her response to like speak through all of that pain she's now been the target and has for a long time been the target of online hate and she's you know been bullied mm-hmm. by people on social media um but despite all of that to continue to share a very positive message and to bring out a very positive um, outlook on life mm. 
is just inspiring mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people can relate on some level to the experience that Dylan might have. And you might think, oh, how can I relate? If I'm not a trans person, how can I relate to another trans person's experience? Well, not directly. Right. But Dylan is a person. Right. And we've all been, especially in the age of social media, on the receiving end of something um, mm-hmm. gross or sad or unfortunate or bullying. Right. Like, yeah, I think the human everybody- experience of being the subject of bullying or, or like a gross misunderstanding in a very public way. I think that is, that is relatable, maybe not on the same scale and not for the same reasons, but that's a relatable uh, position. Yeah. And she, she call she has the ability to call out Caitlin's behavior while not making it personal or not going low. Mm-hmm. Right. Like as some people would say, mm-hmm. um, and I think I don't know that I could do that if I were 20 something mm-hmm. as Dylan is. And I just I think I would have reacted with emotion in a way that I just found to be so delightful. That's actually why I first followed Dylan on social media mm-hmm. was because she and she takes you on the journey of, um, you know, her journey of womanhood, mm-hmm. which, you know, a lot of people might think I can't relate to that. Mm-hmm. But her positive spirit and just the way she sort of brings a light to you know, yeah. to TikTok is just, it's, it gives me hope that yeah. the world is not as dark and grim as we often think it might be. Well, I, I've heard nothing but wonderful things about her response to Caitlyn Jenner, and I haven't had the chance to watch it yet, but I'm going to do if that. If you get a chance, yeah. I would, yeah. Absolutely. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got celebrities behaving badly, we call them. D-Bag! Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk of 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And uh, we uh, have a little name for those celebrities behaving badly. We call them D-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Uh, Who is your D-Bag? The View. The View. Yeah. Wow. What's going on with The View? You guys, I don't know how this got past their producers meeting. What's that? I don't know. Whatever like production meeting they have. They did a Halloween episode yesterday, as many people did. And in this Halloween episode, they had a bunch of kids dressed up as like pop culture moments from the year. And one of those costumes was a young boy dressed as the Oscars slap. Wait, what? Yeah. How does that even turn into costume form? Allow me to explain it to you. It was a gold bodysuit to make the kid look like an Oscars statue with a red handprint painted on his face to emulate the slap. Okay. Um, no. Now, this is the part. Who thought that was a good idea? Thank you. So the segment was hosted by Ashley Alderfer Kaufman, who is the wardrobe supervisor on The View. And when they unveiled this particular costume, she said, we do not want to endorse violence of any kind, but we couldn't help but talk about one of the hottest topics this year. Well, yeah, that doesn't require dressing a kid up as a slap. That was just, I would have deleted that. I would have thought that, you know, that's one of those things. We talk about this sometimes. Sometimes in a meeting you have an idea and you're like, isn't this a great idea? And then it's other people's job to, <laughs> to go, go, 
You know what? I, I want to honor idea, your but... creativity, but let's talk about how this is going to play in the yeah. public sphere. And I would say not well. I don't think so. I, just, I don't think that was a good. Did they come out and say something? And because this was yesterday, this was yesterday. Now I don't know. I have got no update on uh, whether or not there is has been a response to this. But, I mean, I yeah. could see somebody doing this. Uh, like, I mean, because you know there are no shortage of like oh cringy Halloween costumes happening out in the world. But like, who again? What producer thought that was a good idea? No, that is one of those things where you go, I get it. That was one of the biggest moments of this year. I don't think anybody is going to watch that segment and think, well, that wasn't really a true representation of the hot also, topics of the year because they didn't do the Oscar slap. I'm, I'm confused. I, it, they were all children okay, okay. that were dressed up in this sort of like parade of um, hot topic costumes. <laughs> oh, God. And no. I feel bad for the poor kid. Yeah, don't put a kid Because, like, that. that poor kid is just, like, doing their job. I mean, it's so, it's, no. Yeah, that's nope. awkward. And thank you to everybody who went trick-or-treating, at least in our neighborhood, for not doing that as a costume. Yay. Yay. <sighs> Who's your D-bag? My D-bag is Hilaria. Oh, great. Hilaria oh. Baldwin. Hillary. Yeah. Uh, remember her? Yes, and her cucumber. Did you know... How do you say How cucumber? do you say cucumber? She started another podcast. Another? Yes. Did she have one already? Yeah, we and, ta- I- and we talked about it, I think. Uh, okay. What was the original one? She's got three podcasts, actually. Are, are they all just her? Uh, no. One of them is her and her husband, uh, Alec Baldwin, and it's called What's One More? I'm assuming it's about their family. Then she does one called Mom Brain with Daphne Oz. Mm. Dr. Oz's daughter. This one is called Witches Anonymous. Now, you might wonder, why is she your D-bag for starting a podcast? Yeah, why is she your D-bag for starting a podcast? Why? Who cares? It's not even so much her as it is just this headline and this story. Because in the name, because I thought it was going to be about witches. And I thought, oh my God, is she a witch? And then I thought, well, this might be interesting because I'm here. I was like, maybe I'll go listen to this witches and I, I like witches. I mean, some of my best friends are witches. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Someone tells days. me she's um, not a witch. So then I read that she uh, says the following: Over the years, you've all turned to this. You've all turned this page into an incredibly inspiring and supportive community. This project is about exploring women's relationships with each other, both as the strongest support system and the fiercest adversaries. Women are often pitted against each other and often made to be adversaries, fostering cutthroat competitiveness among us. We will look to history, the feminist movements, and witches' stories to learn from the many women who support other women to gain wisdom and realize that we're better when we work together. Now, admittedly, she does reference a witch in here, like she's going to tell us a witch story. I want a witch podcast. Like, I want to hear about witches. I'm so confused. I also don't know what any of that means in terms of a, a... log line for a podcast that's what i was trying to figure out i don't understand <laughs> no. where are what's the witch where's where where the witches holly. where my witches at i've figured it out oh what is it holly what'd you figure out i figured it out that i don't think there's actually going to be witches in this podcast but how else to disguise the fact 
that Hillary Baldwin fully lifted a podcast idea that's already being executed by someone no. named Meghan Markle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a About very witches? Well, no. What no, you- so archetypes is essentially, I mean, like, it is a far more clear version of that because what Meghan Markle does in her archetypes podcast is speak to famous, well-known women who have been prescribed a certain label in society and then digging deeper into what the real, like what the real meaning of that label is, especially as you layer on top of it, the female condition in the world. Um, and so I think she's trying to do that and sound real smarty pants yeah. like Meghan Markle. But she's not. How going. how are you, how do you say doing it right? <laughs> well, and I, here's what I will say. I don't know, so I will grant her all of the best of luck. But my reaction to that was just like, there's a lot of words going on mm-hmm. right now, and I wanted witches. Like yeah, I'm actually no, here for rude. the witch podcast. Show me some witches getting things done, and I'm here for it. Because you know, witches have gotten a bad name. I want to know who the Hollywood witches are. Like, where's the witch at? Like, I know that you know they got to be some celebrity witches. Who are they? Mm-hmm. Where are their Shailene covens? Woodley? We know. Yeah, and then you get your podcast sponsored by Witch Witch Sandwiches. Ah, oh yeah, uh-huh. I like that. Holly. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Witch Witch called Witch Witch sponsored by Witch Witch. <laughs> Witch Witch, but Witch Witch. Well, that's what Hilaria that's needs to figure whole, out. That's the whole podcast. Yeah. Get Bed Midler on board. I mean, this just, I, I, I was promised a thing and I didn't get the thing. Well, and not only can I just say this, uh, did this, was this released yesterday? Like, was this? Well, the article was, but I don't okay. know if the podcast is actually up. I well, but. The, which is anonymous. But the press release was, which, not, so then not only are you being fed some sort of idea about a podcast about witches based on the title, but then it's also being announced on Halloween. So you think it's going to be a real witch thing. Well, that's why I, yeah. I saw it. I, I was looking around on Halloween. I go, Oh, she's doing witches. Yeah. This she thought she was fun. being real clever, but she's not. No, because it's not going mm-hmm. to deliver on your witches. You were here for the witches. I want witches. Give Bradley here, his witches. Witches got a bad rap, man. I, can you do I don't me? know if you know this. They, uh, yeah, away with some witches. See Salem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Did you? Do have you looked? Are, I'm sure there are witch podcasts. Oh, I'm sure. And they're probably but, better than anything. Yeah, but then it's like I was really drawn in because I thought Hilari was going to give me a reason to yeah. have fun. And, and then she, she didn't. didn't. Mm, so she I'm didn't perform the way that I wanted to. Oh, Hilaria. Whoa. Well, maybe her next podcast, she'll do something. I also think it's kind of like, I guess I should listen, you know, investigation prior to, what is it? Contempt Contempt prior prior to investigation investigation. is a fruitless task. Um, So maybe I should just give it a listen because I also feel like Witches Anonymous is kind of misleading because it's like, we're all witches. Yeah. But like, there are real witches and I bet real witches are like, hey, witch, get off my witch. Which witch? Right? Yeah. Also, Don't you feel like real witches you, would have opinions? Do you think she yeah. was wanting to use the B word? And... Oh. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. But I don't like that either. Right? Like, either say the word or find a different word. But don't say witch in this situation. Don't say witch in this sitch. <laughs> um, 
because that I don't it don't it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Well, again, so, if I told you there's a podcast called Witches Anonymous, what would you think? It I would was think about? it was about a bunch of witches that didn't want people to know they were witches. Thank you, mm-hmm. and they were witching, yeah. and that's not what this is. And also, even if it is the B oh, word, okay, what? I found another detail. Oh, oh boy, do we what? have time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was googling around, and the woman that she's co-hosting with is her name is Michelle Campbell Mason. Uh, admittedly, I don't know her. But she is described uh, in, under the introduction of this podcast as jewelry designer and Salem witch descendant, Michelle Campbell Mason. Um, so they're really leaning into that. I'm going to have to, maybe she's got some witchiness in her. I don't know. Or does that just seem like a, like a fun fact that she's throwing in? Can I tell you what's really bothering me right now? What? Is that you shouldn't have to work this hard. <laughs> To find an explanation for the thing that she's trying to deliver you. True. Like, True. that is, there's a messaging issue there. There's an innovation issue there. Because you should be able to give a slug line in a concise and meaningful way yeah. about what your podcast is about. And she used the word witch repeatedly, but then didn't actually deliver on the witch until you got to the bio and learned that this person actually is a descendant of witches and that I just, I don't need to carry the ones you're supposed to carry the, the ones for me is about exploring women's relationships with each other, both as the strongest system of support and fiercest adversaries. But what does that have to do with witches? That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we shouldn't have to work this hard. <laughs> That's what I'm saying that this was all just a marketing front for yeah. the fact that yeah. she stole a concept <laughs> mm-hmm. from somebody else who's executing it better than she mm-hmm. is. Also, I will tell you guys, I mean, honestly, like I've dabbled in that uh, archetypes um, and podcast. I mean, there are things like admittedly, I think I'm predisposed to think thoughts about Meghan Markle. Yeah. And, the media. and those are present. And so if you're, able to check those there is useful stuff in there there's inspiring interesting conversations in there especially when you hear what the person she's interviewing has to say megan will take every opportunity to relate it back to her and you just have to like know that and deal with that but there's it's it's decent and like holly said i mean she's doing this wellish yeah Thank you. Uh, I I think perhaps I look forward to her next podcast adventure. Hilarious? Yeah. Yeah. By that I mean there is likely going to be another one. Oh yeah. And um also that's a lot of podcasts she's doing. Yeah. I don't I have questions and I don't really have a desire to ask okay. her. But well, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, I do have a desire. No, I don't. I don't have a desire to talk about the story. I, I want to be done with this story, but it keeps showing up. James, How dare it? James Corden, Keith oh. McNally, and the case of the missing wedding ring. That's what we will present to you for your listening pleasure when we return on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hey. Colleen Lindstrom, who's having great difficulty verifying that I am not a bot. Oh, well. Oh, boy. This is very frustrating. Trying to get into that Taylor Swift concert. I, I am mean, not a robot. 
Come, I am not a robot. Why is this? Are you sure? I'm not I sure. am positive. I've okay, no proof. That, that's not why we're here on the Colleen and Bradley show. We're here to talk about the thing I don't want to talk about. I guess we might as well just make him a D-bag double down. Yay! Okay. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. James Corden. Why James Corden? Okay, well, okay, there's two things. There's two big stories. The first one I'm going to get out of the way has to do with James Corden and Keith McNally. Because, okay, just try to bear with me. There's been like a back and forth. Keith McNally wrote the initial post that was like, James Corden is the worst guest I've ever had at my restaurant. Not the worst celebrity guest. Yeah. Not the worst on a Tuesday. The worst ever of all time. Yep. I am 86ing him from the restaurant. Bye. Then allegedly James Corden called him overnight that night or at some point during that evening. Uh and uh did a huge uh mea culpa of some sort to which Keith McNally then publicly said, never mind, don't worry about it. He's allowed back. We all deserve second chances. I talked to him. Yay. Okay. And then, like, let's stop talking about this. But no. Then James Corden went on his show and did this, like, non-apology explanation situation where he sort of, kind of, Acted like he was having a per, like a thought about his behavior, but ve- a very specific part of his behavior, and it was like it went over like a fart in church. Yeah, nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying that. Then, but we're also over here not talking about it. But he keeps talking about it. Exactly. Then he goes and does another interview with I think it was the New York Times, where he seems to take a weird left turn from the thing where he was like, I'm talking about this thing. And I like, I realized like I did have some bad behavior and he sort of kind of didn't really apologize, but acknowledge something. Anyway, he goes and does this interview with the times and he basically is like, I don't really know what the big deal is. I, you know, people act like this all the time. This is not that big of a deal. Why are we even talking about this? And that is the thing that made Keith McNally say, no, dude, no, not everybody's like that, and you are 86 again from the restaurant. Oh, gosh. Now uh, we're back at square one. Exactly. So Keith McNally is now saying, yeah, that was not a thing. Like, that so was not did, a real how did, apology. How did we learn this? Like, what's he actually saying? So uh, Keith McNally, who is the owner of Balthazar, which is the restaurant where uh, he, James Corden, was banned and then unbanned and then now is re-banned, um, he... Uh, he wrote, and I think, anyway, I think he did this over his own social media. Anyway, he basically said, uh, he said on second viewing, <laughs> meaning on second viewing of James Corden's show, yeah. his apology situation, Keith McNally says, I found his TV confessional contrived and phony. The actor will say anything to save his bacon in the scheme of things. My opinion means nothing. But after Friday's interview and a second look at his fraudulent confessional, I've given up on James Corden for good. Okay. So that is that happened over the weekend because, again, there was a that interview that he did uh, and there was an article about him on Friday. And then Keith McNally said he went back to watch the Monday 
situation. And he was like, no, this guy is no good. Now, as of yesterday, James Corden had not responded to that. However, there's another thing that we have to look at. Oh, my God. This has very, I mean, this is related only in as much as it is a James Corden story. But wait, there's more. There is more. So remember, who was the person? Who was the person that James Corden keeps citing as the reason he was so angry at the restaurant? His wife. His wife. Because why? Because egg yolk. There was egg white in his egg in her egg yolk omelet. Right, because More she has an allergy to egg whites. And so that could be potentially disastrous. So he was standing up for his lady. Also, does his lady not talk? Don't I mean, what even get me started I, I, about I, that? I don't understand that whole thing. Ugh. I mean, I guess I don't know. I could I would never in a million years say if Jamie, like, I would be mortified if my if Jamie started like berating a server on my mm-hmm. behalf. I'd be like, no, Mm-mm. no, no, don't listen to him. He's uh, right. It's, that's the thing that I found awkward about this whole scenario. Is like, where is his wife in all of this? This was right. she was allegedly, supposedly the one who was affronted. Right. Then she can be the one to have the conversation. That was just the only instance that he references that is Mm -hmm. uh, James Corden, because it wasn't just one incident that Keith McNally brought up. It was more than one. Exactly. Well, apparently, you know, the couple that being uh, Julia and James Corden live in Pacific Palisades and she was spotted out and about uh, last week with no wedding ring on so it's either nothing or it's (laughs) not nothing i'm done with you but there are paparazzi photographs of her out and about with their kid one of their kids and she has no wedding ring on here's the problem with that and you know this better than anyone Mm -hmm. because we've talked about a hundred of these stories i don't know if she normally wears a ring exactly so i did try to do that due diligence there's not like a lot i don't know she's fine whatever but then he went out fine he went out and he is wearing his wedding ring okay but is he doing that thing with this hand where he's posing flaunting it he's not really uh but the daily mail will have you know that they spotted a wedding ring on his finger when he went to open up the door So again, it's like, is it nothing or is it not nothing? I don't know. But what I do know is uh, eyes are on. What hand Julia is your left? Ring on? Your left. Julia is under the uh, public scrutiny in a way that I don't know that she has been before. And uh, if they are staying together and there's no trouble in paradise, I would just advise her to put that ring on the finger. I'm, you know. Over on the AP newsroom, just looking at mm-hmm. press photos of her, and I don't see a ring. But again, it could just be that I can't see up close. Yeah. So I don't think this is. Wait, anything. did I say right hand? It goes on your left. Yeah, you said left. Yeah, it's on your left. I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, no more James Corden. What is the worst thing about flying? Oh, six five one six four one one zero seven. 
For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Hey.